this is such a season of wonder. I'm so thankful for this season where, you know, I mean, if you don't know Jesus, this is just a dark and pressure-filled season, isn't it? Like, you know, the traffic, the everything, you know, the, uh, the sense of obligation, of gifts, the, the many opportunities for abuse or for being a jerk, uh, you know, just to put it in normal everyday language. I mean, it's, but it's also, I mean, when we know the Lord and this light shines on and softens many people, whether they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus, I mean, it's a season of wonder. Children are, you know, when I was a a little child, I didn't know Jesus, but I knew the story of Joseph and Mary and the baby, and it it was a sense of wonder. And of course, I also believed that, you know, I hoped Santa Claus would come and And I never did hear those reindeer landing on the roof. But, you know, there's just this, this, these are parts of our life, parts of our culture that um, the first one's the gospel. The second one is, you know, up to each individual home, (laughs) how it's presented. But it's like, what a story. God's gift, you know, and it's reflected around us that it's a season of gift giving, you know, that people become generous who might not be generous. Maybe they feel obligated to be generous and they're not cheerful givers. But there's something, like there's this impulse that goes all the way around the world of exchanging gifts and we're we're sort of mirroring the one who made us, who at this time gave us a gift this time that we're celebrating, this feast of Christmas season, this Advent, that, you know, when Paul, Paul was uh, writing to the Corinthians, he just said, basically, it's such a phenomenal gift, there is no human language capable of expressing it or fully comprehending it. Second Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. It's, it's beyond words. What a gift. So, God, we thank you, Father, that you sent your son and that he came to be one of us and he came to heal the world and to set it in order. We thank you that you've come to many of our own hearts and we've been born again and become new creatures and don't live the way we used to live as prisoners and slaves of sin and guilt and shame and fear. And you've offered us an abundant life in Jesus. Thank you for this gift. It's an amazing thing Anne was sharing in the communion, this this meal that we eat, that the bread, he became the bread, the bread of heaven becomes, is given to to mankind so that we, we are like raised to a different level, aren't we? Thank you. So, but this gift is so wonderful. It's like, how, how did it happen? 
you know, how did it happen that as, you know, the, the, the sad story of human history of wars and abuse and, and, and every kind of evil that God sent the cure to cure the disease that was ruining his creation that he created in his own image and likeness, a human being, to, to mirror the relationship between father and son. The Holy Spirit comes and reveals this family life of the Trinity, this inner life that's pure joy and goodness, and, and he saves us from fear and misery. Holy Spirit, we just pray there'd be deliverance from pressure and and anxiety and hopelessness that you would open up our the eyes of our hearts that we could see how great this is. And so it's it's just astounding that to fix the world God came and he didn't come like we might expect, you know, with, with like lightning and thunder and earthquakes and, and devastation. Now, he will come again, at not, as, not as a little baby, but as the conquering king and set things really right. But when he came, he came as a baby to cure the disease. And do you ever, I mean, this is just like remarkable Emmanuel, God, that's mighty, that's indescribable with us. That's his mercy and it's his grace offered to us. And uh, he humbled himself, he emptied himself of his divine prerogatives and became fully human. This is wild. He fully, he was born a human the son of Mary, the son of David, the son of Abraham, the son all the way back to Adam. He became human so he could cure humanity and ultimately will cure all creation. This, Paul writes to Timothy and he, he says, without controversy, a great is the mystery. It's just beyond understanding of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Those, this becomes the great controversy. <laughs> like, how could God do that? And we can't explain it, but God reveals it to us. To save the world wounded by sin and pride, God came in a mode by which we could recognize and receive the reality of his love. This beautiful love of God this love that was so great that even God's own heart would be broken, the heart of Jesus broken on the cross. And how could he communicate it? He did it in the best way we could receive it. He came as a baby. And by coming as a baby, it's, it's like he wants to show us that joy is more real than sorrow. And that somehow in the joy of celebrating a baby, we taste the inner joy of the life of God. So it's an invitation to a feast where we, we partake of humility and wonder and, and things that just boggle our mind. And I learned something 
when our first child was born, when Elizabeth was born, I watched Anne, I saw in her something that I needed to learn, that you can never stop looking at your baby. And I think every mother here knows that. And I don't know if Mary was the very first mother to worship her baby, but she was one who worshiped her baby in an entirely different way than than other mothers, and yet it was the same. And why do we, you know, we're attracted to babies. You see a baby, people stop and they look at the baby, they notice the baby. Sometimes you're irritated with babies when there's a bunch of them, or especially when they're your own and they're not behaving well and you're someplace where you wish they would. But in those moments after birth and in those times of bonding, there is a bond between a mother and a baby that actually shapes the personality of that child. And we're so fascinated. Children will stop. Children are attracted to babies. They're magnetic. And what, it's not because a baby is brilliantly truthful or morally good but because a baby is beautiful in a way that nothing else is. And so God came as a baby. Why? Maybe so we could see his beauty. And this is part of the, I mean, this is the deep wonder of Christmas. It's more important than Christmas trees and presents and all the stuff that will come and go. This can remain with us every day of our life And isn't it good that once a year we sort of pause and focus? And it's so crazy because in reality, the season's filled with all these obligations and pressures. But every time we stop and we say, God, look what you've done, it changes us. And so that's our purpose today. This won't be a really long service because I know many of you have your children with you (laughs) who are beautiful in their own way. But, and so we're going to do something, and uh, I think more than 30 years ago, uh, we started having a candlelight Christmas Eve service, and for the first few years, I would ad-lib kind of the whole story arc of creation and redemption and, the perp- and how Christmas fits in, and, and then finally, after a few years, I wrote down a version of it, and so we did this for many years. And now the younger staff does it, and I love it. So this is the first time in about six years that I've done it, so I might be kind of rusty. But also the difference, we used to do it, we weren't live streaming, and we have so many wonderful people that join us online, so we don't have the room entirely dark, uh, which might help those of you with babies. Because (laughs) when the room would go entirely dark, almost immediately, babies would start crying. Like, it was just on cue. Like, ah! you know, it's like the misery uh, that people have in darkness. But in this monologue, we'll get to a part where a candle will be lit, and then eventually we'll all have candles. And be careful if you have kids, you know, that we don't want anyone's hair caught on fire, which happened once, but nobody died. It was good. We were <laughs> quick response uh, by the people around th- this uh, particular woman. Uh, whose hair was set aflame. So we don't want that repeated. But the, um, 
It's a wonder that in that, when all the kids would be fussing and it would be like, okay, go fast, go fast, because it's getting pretty wild sounding out here. As soon as the first candle was lit, this is in a totally dark room, every baby would go quiet. And then as the candles would spread, it's like wonder. Isn't this what happens? We're created for light. We're miserable in the darkness. And as soon as there's light, God has programmed us to seek light. We're created in his image. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? And we pray we would all have an encounter with your goodness in these next few minutes. Amen. Amen. So let us begin. In the beginning, God who is love created the heavens and the earth and all that exists. To crown his creation, he made the human in his own image, intending to enjoy an intimate communion with them. To mankind was given the creative wisdom to govern and steward planet earth. The original pair lived in the joy of innocence, light, and purity, walking and talking with their creator. However, this blissful state did not go untested. With cunning and treachery, the serpent beguiled Eve, offering her what seemed desirable, forbidden knowledge and independence from God. Eve shared this with Adam who joined her in rebellion against the conditions of true happiness. The result was not freedom, but bondage. Fallen from love with their creator, with each other and the world around them, all humanity plunged into the dark misery of sin and corruption. Soon brother was killing brother And the human heart intended to display God's goodness was filled with evil continually. Darkness engulfed the world. Into the desolation, God whispered hope and promise even as the judgment was pronounced in the garden. He declared that a seed would be born to the woman who would crush the serpent's head. Here and there, prophets raised their voices, declaring God's kindness and holiness to his lost children. But prophets were not enough. The darkness prevailed. The broken heart of mankind cried out, longing for a deliverer, a liberator, A savior, this cry reached into the heavens. Oh, come, oh, come, name me, you and ransom captive. Till the Son of God appears. 
plan of God into the self-inflicted misery of human existence God sent forth his son in the fullness of time born of woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law of sin and death a virgin was found with child by the Holy Spirit he was and is Emmanuel God with us. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. God revealed himself in a human life. They that sat in darkness saw a great light. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the day spring from on high, the light of the world. He bridged the chasm between holy God and fallen man. Becoming man, he raised humanity into his own divinity. He is the umpire who can settle every dispute between the perfect law of God and broken human lives. In his three years of public ministry, he demonstrated truth, set captives free, healed the sick, destroyed the works of the devil, and released abundant life and hope wherever he went. Having completed his mission to those around him, infinite love took him to the cross. He bore the weight of all human failure. Although he was without sin, he became the sin center of the universe that all the mighty judgment of God might be satisfied and every human might have access to true freedom and communion with God. To as many as receive him, he gives the right to become the children of God. The restoration began with his birth and finished with his work on the cross, but there's more. When he ascended into heaven and was seated at the Father's right hand, he poured out his Holy Spirit. 
so that all could live in the power and love that was offered to human life in Eden. He began the transformation of the whole earth. He poured out his spirit on his followers in Jerusalem. From there it spread. The neighboring regions heard the good news of God's love. Miracles and deliverances radically changed individuals, families, and whole cities. Within a generation, the entire Roman Empire and beyond were impacted by this light from God. Through the centuries, person after person has seen the light and been transformed by unconditional love. Nation after nation has been invaded by good news. The Great Commission continues. The light of Jesus is spreading. We are promised that one day the whole earth will be filled with God's light. His glory will fill the earth. It's truly astonishing. Jesus was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never had a family or owned a home. He never set foot inside a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place he was born. He never wrote a book or held an office. He did none of the things that we usually associate with greatness. While he was still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends deserted him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. And while he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had, his tunic. When he was dead, he was taken down and laid in a borrowed grave. Now 20 centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure for much of the human race. All the armies that ever marched and all the navies that ever sailed and all the parliaments that have ever sat and all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind upon this earth as powerfully as this one solitary life. It all started one holy and silent night. Let's all stand and we'll sing the wonder of his birth.
Darkness seems so strong, but a single light disrupts it. Descend upon our world with light. Shine in us that we could shine for others, and let us carry the light this Christmas. Wow, so much light. We pray. That the Prince of Shalom would fill your house this Christmas with His peace, His joy, and His goodness. We say to you with all our hearts, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 